Welcome to Supercast, MCCC GP Training's podcast dedicated to our GP supervisors. Brought to you by MCCC Supervisor Professional Development Team. Hi, I'm Paul Grinzi, one of MCCC's medical educators, and welcome to the first episode of Supercast for 2020. And what a year it's been so far. Who would have thought uh, six months ago, or even three or four months ago, um, we'd be in the situation where we are now with coronavirus dominating every single headline. And uh, going on form, we'll be making sure that coronavirus is up at front and centre in this Supercast episode. It is the topic of the day, topic of the year, um, and topic of this episode. So my role here today is to try and guide you as best as possible with the current MCCC policies, updates, and uh, relevant practical tips, I suppose, regarding coronavirus virus for our supervisors. The episode is being aired in April and being mindful if you listen to this beyond that date then policies may well have changed but I'll try and give you some links to where you can find that sort of information as we go. And to start with, a lot of the details in tra- regarding training and particularly uh, relevant for supervisors is on MEL uh, and this information is quite straightforward to find. You just have to log in into MEL. Once you're there, you'll see on the, the homepage um, a COVID-19 information for registrar supervisors and practice managers button. Click on that and you'll go straight to where there is a, a page dedicated to COVID-19 with COVID-19 updates. There are a number of sections, including self-care, telehealth, information relating to GP training, GP training for COVID-19 and for patients, and each of those expand to further resources. Uh, This is being updated continuously, so please keep diving into that part and um, get some information. Some of this, like for patients and self-care and telehealth, um, will be replicated from other areas, but we're also including parts that are very pertinent for general practice training, Uh, whereas things about GP training or the GP training tabs are very specific for um, our roles in terms of training our registrars. Now, of course, there are within practices individual circumstances that don't necessarily fall well into all the policy frameworks. So if you've got anything that's sort of, you think, ah, it's my, my situation's a bit different from what they're saying there, um, please be in contact with your local REAPs in your office um, and uh, they can help guide you in terms of what's uh, available uh, in terms of um, uh, changes to the policy or whether um, your circumstances still have to fit within the existing policy. So please make sure you check before you um, you action any, any thoughts around deviations around what we should be doing in terms of training our registrars. Now let me start with a, quite a significant change, external clinical teaching visits which have always traditionally been a medical educator sitting in the room with a registrar and observing them for a session and providing feedback to you and the registrar about the uh, registrar's progress um, uh, have, or have, have had a significant change. Um, so instead of being face-to-face and in present, our medical educators at the moment are organising um, or have organised ECTVs via Zoom. So we've got remote um, ECTVs. And basically we're using the Zoom web platform to sort of live stream the consultations with the medical educator then being able to provide the normal sort of feedback. So the process for the education side of things is very much the same. It's just the amount of how the information is delivered to the educator rather than seeing um, what's happening dynamically in the room they'll be seeing it via a, um, a link now there is a policy that's been emailed out to registrars and the medical educators and supervisors and practices uh, regarding this uh, but if you haven't got that when the visits are being organized usually through the practice manager actually you can actually we, we can ask for that and the medical educators will pass that on for you in terms of how to set up the room some of the consent issues around that and how it will all work 
Um, so that's a significant change there. Now, the other, a few other things that are um, going on, there's lots of changes in terms of how the colleges are approaching training time, and they're, they're, they've indicated quite a bit of flexibility, and this is a bit of a moving feast in terms of get, um, everyone getting on board with um, new policies and making sure everyone's up to date. So all I can say at this stage is it's best to go to the college's websites to find information um, about how they um, are deeming uh, certain leave and how it may impact or not impact uh, on training time. As far as I'm aware at this stage, uh, leave won't contribute to the training cap um, in terms of the total amount of training time a registrar's got available to complete their training. Um, but it may well, depending on the type of tra- uh, type of leave, may well impact on their eligibility for exams. Um, but you still have to have completed uh, GPT-2 in its entirety before you can actually sit in the exam. So there's a few informa- bits of information there. And if, you, uh, if your registrar has to take leave, we would strongly recommend just uh, certainly contacting, again, your MCCC office to clarify what's involved and the registrar should be doing that proactively anyway. If you're looking to find that stuff on the college websites, the Akron website, um, most of their coronavirus stuff is under their, uh, from their homepage. Um, you can basically click through to the COVID-19 support button, which you find in the latest resources part of the webpage. In terms of the College of GPs, um, the website would be uh, rsgp.org.au forward slash coronavirus forward slash GPIT. In terms of uh, college stuff, the, both the exams uh, have changed. You know, the, the College of GPs have delayed their OSCE until uh, November and the written one until September. So they'll still be uh, 2001.1 exams, but they'll be delivered in the second half of the year to allow, hopefully, for a lot of the lockdown processes that are happening in our state to be released and uh, be able to, to um, have those exams occurring as they normally would, just a bit delayed. Um, all the registrars who were involved with that have already been uh, notified. And ACRAM, uh, their exams, um, well, the stamps is going to be all remote, but otherwise there's no real other disruption. So it's basically a remote exam uh, rather than um, a live face-to-face one. In terms of the registrar workshops, you should all be aware now that basically we've converted everything from that was face-to-face and now onto online meetings. Um, and they will vary uh, depending on the sub-regions or the dates and exactly how they're the, going through both in terms of syllabus of content and also style and format. But generally speaking, there'll be either a one or two hour online meeting, um, not quite a webinar because it's a much more discussion based and, and trying to replicate uh, the workshop. So some small group breakouts at times and it's only case-based in- information and things. So more more than just a sort of a sit-down webinar, but one or two hours and uh, roughly you know the same times or similar times that you've had uh, registrar workshops in the past. Again, that will vary regionally. Uh, and if you're not sure, again, phone your office to, to find out exactly what's happening and what dates there are. Again, your super, your registrars should be well on top of that. Um, they've been informed for quite a while now. The practice manager workshops are still occurring, although um, less frequently, a little bit at the moment while everyone's trying to catch up. Um, and again, they'll be via webinar um, rather than face-to-face. And similarly with our supervisor workshops, most importantly, um, all the regions are basically trying to put together a, a syllabus of professional development that we can deliver online, as well as trying to develop a lot more peer support meetings. Um, again, they will be probably more ad hoc as we need, as, as you and, and we need them, but also some targeted t- activities, particularly on the topic of looking after registrars throughout this, this COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which is a sort of a topic we have never had to cover before. So we're all learning in this space and we're really keen. Uh, this is the Supervisor Professional Development Team, are very keen to meet your needs. So if you've got any feedback about what we can do to help you in terms of your professional development, please pass those messages back to us and we're happy to incorporate them as we're going forward.
Now, a few pragmatic questions around this pandemic. Now, if you need to, as a supervisor, you need to self-isolate. You need to notify your REAPs as soon as possible um, so we can provide support and monitoring and make sure that the registrar's training is minimally affected as possible, as well as making sure that you're okay. And some of the questions will be, can you meet the supervisor requirements even if you're isolating or are you unwell? And if you're not unable to, if you're unable to meet those requirements, um, you need to notify us immediately. So we can assist with alternative arrangements, really. Now, if the registrar is self-isolating, again, we need to, um, you need to notify, and the registrar needs to notify MCCC. And whether they're well enough and able to work from home, there's an approval form for working from home, or whether they're using sick leave or annual leave or CAT1 leave, depends on the circumstances. And again, that will relate, may relate to actual training time, um, as I alluded to a bit earlier. Now, the other situation is if a registrar can't work uh, the agreed hours due to childcare or other reasons that are cropping up, again, please notify us. Any of these things, you know, these things sort of out of our control when you're planning things, when you're, um, you know, in terms of setting up the employment contracts, but please notify us. There are there is some flexibility around what we can do. Um, again, MCCC is focusing on training and education and the standards around that, and we don't have a lot of industrial, or we have no industrial clout in that point of view. That's very much a, an issue in terms of... Um, the practices and the the registrars themselves uh, but we do have to intervene if it's impacting on the registrar's training and we should be notified at least so we are aware of where the registrar may be more vulnerable in terms of their training themselves now in terms of actual dedicated teaching time should this be face to face well ideally yes i mean with some distancing in the room if possible and if you're both well and able to maintain their distancing you absolutely have it a face to face you know there's a richness of face to face Consultations and consult and teaching where we can we can maintain that. Other otherwise, teleteaching in some sort of platform will be an acceptable alternative. Another change, which is a bit more flexible, is that while all supervision still has to be done by a supervisor, um, whether that's a primary or secondary supervisor within the practice, um, the teacher component can be done by any fellow of a GP college. Um, so it doesn't have to be the supervisors necessarily. So you can um, share that uh, teaching um, and even the formal teaching um, to other members of your team if everyone's a bit stretched. Um, the other thing that's really important just to, to mention here is that the most valuable part of your supervising and your, I suppose, looking at how well the registrar is in terms of competence um, and safety and how they're progressing is really via direct observation. We use a lot of other tools to our, you know, our toolkit, um, which are looking at secondary methods of measuring uh, how registrar is going or assessing how they're going. Um, but direct observation really is, is the richest and really to some extent the truest form of assessment. So try to maintain that where possible. And if there's not enough space in the consulting room to allow appropriate social distancing with the patient in the room, then consider live streaming. If you're doing a video recording though, be mindful that a recording has to be kept securely for seven years. But live streaming, uh, where you're not actually recording anything, is certainly possible, again, using a platform like Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, again, looking at the, the consent issues around that with the patient, making sure everyone's aware of what's actually happening, um, would be absolutely perfectly fine. And a bit similar to our external t- clinical teaching visits, um, you can use some tele-teaching and tele-supervision um, as well uh, for your registrars. A couple of supervisors have asked us about provider numbers and what happens if the registrar has to self-isolate at home due to the need to apply for a new provider number? And we've sought the answer, and the answer is no. Um, the, the existing practice provider number will be adequate for a patient working within the practice, um, but not actually physically within the practice. So within the practice setup, but maybe from home or remotely.
we're not sure about multi-sites practices and what's happening there. And if you're in one of those situations where there's multi-site practices and multiple provider numbers, then please contact the office again just to clarify where things stand in regard to that. We'll try and help with that. Another practical part of the coronavirus thing is the fever clinics. A lot of your practices are designated fever clinics or running your own clinics regarding patients with symptoms and testing and treating around those. And practices um, can and probably should be involved with those fever clinics because again, we're trying to give registrars as much of a genuine experience of, um, of general practice as possible throughout the training, being mindful that um, you know, a lot of these things here aren't, aren't the usual um, so yeah, learning how to adapt for change is certainly part of what we need to learn as a registrar. And but they do require supervision still. That still require the appropriate personal protective equipment and making sure that's all available to registrars. Registrar's employer, uh, which may be you or maybe someone else, has a duty of care to make sure, or a, a legal duty to actually make sure the occupational health and safety of the employees, including registrars, is upheld throughout this whole process. Um, the other thing about fever clinics, the, the timing and duration and stuff should be no more onerous like other parts of practice than any other GP. So there shouldn't be a dedicated registrar just doing fever clinics, for example. There should be no more onerous than other GPs in the clinic. And if, if you've got a registrars with health issues that, that make them high risk, that you really shouldn't be participating in, in, in any fever clinics or exposure to high risk, higher risk patients. So that's, I think it's fairly common sense, but just, you know, we'll just mention that itself. The other thing it's worth thinking about is if, your registrar is now doing telehealth. There's some processes around that have been um, passed on to practices and that was done in March, but I'll, I'll just reiterate those. If the telehealth is happening on site within the clinic, the practice only has to basically just read the policy that was emailed out and just send back an acknowledgement that they've read the policy. So that's pretty straightforward. And that's just going through some very pragmatic things about telehealth and uh, how it's different from face-to-face consultation so that's not too onerous just read the policy and just email back saying uh, yep we've read it it's all good now if the registrar is doing off-site telehealth so for example from home there's a couple of extra steps and these steps are here to, here to protect the practices more so than anything else so the first thing is to read the policy around off-site uh, telehealth the second part is to, to make sure you've gone through with the registrar an occupational health and safety checklist which has been emailed out to all the practices and that checklist then will allow you to have some protections around you know, work cover claim, for example, because the, um, you know, the, the work site now has become the home. And the, the third part of this is to read and return an approval form um, that's been also emailed out. Um, and then once approved, the registrar is able to do some telehealth from home. And the whole process of turnaround for this is quite quick, provided you get that information into your local MCCC office. If you've got any questions about that process, uh, again, please just call and find out, um, what, you know, pass on that question. We'll, we'll do our best to answer that. I think that wraps it up in terms of the, the major changes we've had, you know, at the start of the year. I'm trying to keep it as short as possible. Uh, I know this is a bit longer than our usual podcast, um, but you know, there's a lot of going, lot of things going on, and I'm sure there'll be more updates as we're going forward. We're looking to increase uh, the frequency of uh, our podcast, Supercast podcast for, next, for this year after our successful trial last year, where we had our first for uh, episodes. And you may have noticed the intro music, uh, just to give it a bit more jazzy, a little bit more jazzy and professional feel to these podcasts. Again, if you've got feedback around the podcast, please let us know because um, we're really happy to, to incorporate any of your feedback or ideas into these podcasts. And some of the ideas we've got here is basically to look beyond policy and procedures and look at more practical tips and possibly do some interview style podcasts as we go forward. So from me, I'll sign off now and I'd like to um, wish you a very safe time around. You know, keep yourself and your staff and your families safe around the coronavirus as much as possible. You're doing a great job 
value general practices provide to the community is enormous. The value you as a training practice is even more so, and you're training the next generation of GPs. You know, it's a purpose beyond measure. So thank you very much for your contribution to that. And until the next podcast, I wish you some happy supervising. Take care. If you are finding this episode of use, please subscribe to the MPCC GP Training Supercast via iTunes, etc. We value your input and ideas via the usual communication channels or via my email, paul.grinzy at mccc.com.au. Now, thank you for listening to Supercast, MCCC GP Training's podcast dedicated to our GP supervisors. Until next episode, from Supercast, happy supervising. Happy supervising.